Welcome to Preacher and the Cowboy, a monthly episodic podcast featuring scripture, life, and everything in between. They call me Preacher. And they call me Cowboy. And welcome to our podcast. All right, episode one, we're looking at Ecclesiastes. If you want to join along with us in the scriptures, we're going to be talking through the book of Ecclesiastes for the first several episodes. Again, I'm the preacher. My name is Kyle Caldell. I'm the senior pastor at Union Baptist Church. And uh, and I'm the cowboy. Um, the cowboy. We have, uh, you know, we my whole family, we do um, some, some wild sports, and that name kind of came along with the... Uh, uh, the the rodeo aspect of things, uh, that's just what people call me. Cowboy tried his hand at bull riding for a while. We did. We did. And um, might, might, might regret it a little bit later. But. We'll regret it a little bit later. We'll regret it. I also uh, rode bulls for a while before I became a preacher. And uh, yes, he will regret it because I regret it right now. Um, Cowboy's mom and my wife is Annette. She will never come on to a podcast with us, do you think? I wouldn't think so. No, she's she's not coming on a podcast. Uh, She's got a lot to say. She is not fond of the sport. Yeah, she's not going to say anything about that for sure. Uh, We Cowboy also has two sisters, which means I have two daughters. Kaylin, our oldest, who just got married to Cowboy Kenny, Yep. You know what would be great is to bring Kenny Bonds on be, the podcast. That would be a that, that would that would lose listeners. Yes, that, that would, would lose. We, we, we yeah. would have a problem if we brought him on the podcast. Right, Cowboy Kenny uh, is not coming on the podcast. We should bring Kendall on sometime. That would be interesting. That Kendall would, is my youngest daughter and Gage's youngest sister. That that would be interesting for sure. And eventually, I would love to bring good old Jay Tope. On to this podcast. How great would Jesse Tope be on the podcast? He would be phenomenal. I think He'd so be too. The we, best uh, radio voice in the state of South Carolina. Yeah, we're going to get that on. All right, so here's our question we're going to start off with for our very first episode. Why in the world are we doing another podcast? Uh, I think if you do a Google search of podcasts, there are about two gazillion different podcasts that people could listen to. Why in the world would we start another one? I don't think we're that important. Do you think we're that important? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. No, I, I don't think so either. More than anybody else. No, not, not at all. But here, here's why we started it. Um, I, we, we do a daily Bible study, both Cowboy and I do. I'm going to call him Cade and Cowboy and Bud. So you'll just have to get rid of, get used to hearing all of that. Um, but Cade studies his Bible at night. Um, why do you study your Bible at night, by the way? Uh, it, just, it gives me a time. You know, I, I read my Bible uh, normally right before I go to bed. So, you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, normally I break my Bible out and I do my Bible study. And I think it's just uh, a great way to end the day. Um, you know, anything that happened that day, you're, you're kind of releasing that pressure. Uh, and then and then you wake up that next morning and you remember what you read the night before. And I think that makes a really a big impact on the, the day of and the day after you read your Bible. Yeah. And would you also agree that it would be impossible and ridiculous for you to try to study your Bible in the mornings because you don't comprehend life that early? That is true. I, I can't make it from my room to the fridge in the morning. It takes me a couple of minutes. Um, and, and, I know, and I know at night sometimes I am tired, but I, I make sure to get that study in before I do get groggy. But in the morning, there would be no chance of yeah. me 
having any comprehension of anything that I read. It would go right over my head. And Cowboys, much like his mother, they don't wake up really fully into what, 9.30, 10 o'clock yeah, before? It, it, it's pretty late. It's at least an hour after we get yeah. up. He, he's awake, but he's not awake. Unless he's going deer hunting or fishing. And then he's he's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at as early as you want to possibly be. Now, on the other hand, I think best earlier in the mornings. Now, that's just the way that I'm wired. Everybody's wired different. There's not a good, bad, or indifferent about it. Um, but I just think better early in the mornings. My mind is much more clear than it is at night. Uh, I'm Again, I'm a pastor, so I'm rehashing everything that's going on during the day, all night. I usually uh, lay in bed thinking about everything. Uh, but in the mornings, I'm not thinking about all that's going on. It's quiet. There's not a lot going on. So that that's when I do my Bible study. But anyway, Caden was uh, actually doing his Bible study uh, one evening, and he was asking me some questions. I think you were reading through Psalms at the oh. time. Yeah, had some questions on Psalm, and again, uh, being a preacher. And what was it like to uh, having a dad for a preacher? By the way, uh, I, I think I think it's a pretty great thing. Any, <laughs> any questions that you know that, that I need, um, uh, you know, I kind of look to you about it. it. But it also has its cons. You know, I'm <laughs> definitely frowned upon when people when people look at me and say, "Oh, you know, he's a he's a pastor's kid." You know, he's PK trouble. the PK. Yeah. He, he's a trouble kid, and and that you know, I, it's not very fair either. No, it's not, not very a fair way to look at things, and and uh, but it you know it is what it is. We've tried not to hold y'all to a higher standard than than we would anybody else, just because of the nature of what we do. But at the same time, um, it does matter, and you know how you conduct yourselves and how you live. And I'm proud of all three of you. You've you've done well most of the time. Um, like anybody else, there's going to be ups and downs, but, uh, but it, yeah, so, so there's that we were, he was just having his Bible study and he had a couple of questions. And then, uh, as I was answering those questions, you said that, you know, might as well start a podcast. Yeah. We, yeah, I had all these questions and, and all these, all these questions were, were pretty reasonable or, or at least I felt they were pretty reasonable. And, uh, you know, I asked him, I was like, you know, what's what's a different way that other people could hear these questions that I'm asking? Yeah. And then and then your answer and then my input on your answer. And uh, and we finally just came down to it. And, you know, we got to thinking we were like, you know, a podcast. I think that would be be, be a real good idea. Yeah, because it wasn't just my answers that were helpful. It was what you were adding to it. You see things in the scriptures that I don't. You have the same Holy Spirit in you that, that I do. Uh, priesthood of all believers means that not only the preacher has the answers, uh, but also every believer can study the scriptures and through the power of the Holy Spirit within us, guiding us, um, you know, we, we could learn from one another. So I was learning from you. You were learning from me. And we thought, hey, this is, is really, a, um, it's a really a process of discipleship. That's what it is. This is the way we do discipleship. Uh, every family is different in how they disciple their children. Um, I've got good friends that have a, a set aside a time of the day where they study the scriptures um, together, read some passages and talk through them. And that works for a lot of people. We tried it. It did not work for us. I, I don't think it did. Everybody's got different things on their mind at different times of the day. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, I, I study my Bible at night and he studies his in the morning. So it's really hard to find that happy medium on, on or at least it was for our family. To sure. Find that happy yeah. Medium because every time I, I would say, all right, at the dinner table, let's read this passage and talk. Everybody kind of rolled their eyes. Um, and it was just kind of tedious and boring, and, and that's just not 
that's not conducive for actual growing and learning anything for sure. So the way Annette and I um, have discipled you guys is, is we just try to live life and when opportunities arise to disciple you from there. So that's kind of the way this works. And we just thought as a podcast, this would be a good opportunity to just bring some folks along for the ride and this discipleship uh, process that we're actually in. So let's go ahead and get started today. We're going to try to keep every episode under 25 minutes. Um, good luck with that. We're going to do our best to do that, though. I've got a stopwatch over here timing us, um, but we're going to try to keep on task. Uh, as Providence would have it several months ago, I was studying through the book of Ecclesiastes in preparation to actually preach through it on Sunday mornings. That's what we're doing right now at Union Baptist Church in Iva. Here's a shameless plug, unionbaptistiva.com. Go and check it out. We'd love to see you sometime if you're then the area. We're preaching, though, through the book of Ecclesiastes. And cowboy, yeah, I'm a verse by verse preacher. Do you find that helpful or hurtful or anything else? Uh, I find it helpful. I also find it very time consuming. It is very time consuming, um, yes. You know, I, I try my best to go to go verse by verse, just like I did through Psalms. You know, that was one of the big deals that that was I was experiencing questions is because I was really digging deep in every verse that I was reading. And I think it really does. It helps you uh, understand what sure. you're reading. Yeah. But it, it is going to take it's going to take you a while to get through what you want to get. Yeah, it's labor intensive for sure. It's not the only way to preach or the only way to study your Bible, but I do believe that it's the best way to do it. So uh, that's the way we preach. Um, we're preaching right now, again, through the book of Ecclesiastes. And uh, it just so happened, we're going to work through a few of those verses today in our podcast. We're going to do this over the next several weeks. Cowboy, read to us Ecclesiastes chapter number one, verses one through three. Let's just look through three verses today of Ecclesiastes. All right, and I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. Uh, the words of the teacher, son of David, king That's of That's the not inspired version, by the way. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they tool under the sun? All right, now I'm going to read from the King Jimmy. From the King James Version, it is not the, the only version of Scripture. I'm not a KJV only guy. Uh, I started to preach out of it again after a long layoff from it um, about a year, three months ago. And I have fallen back in love with this translation. Uh, I love the poetic language. It, it has caused me also to slow down a little bit. So that's one of the reasons I like it so much. But in Ecclesiastes 1, 1 through 3, from the King, Jimmy, the words of the preacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all of his labor, which he taketh under the sun? Cowboy, I mentioned on Sunday uh, some statistics. Do you remember those statistics I was talking about, the stuff that we have? I, I remember the, the circumstances you were talking about. I don't, I don't remember directly the statistics. Yeah, let me throw out a couple of them for our listeners, some of which are certainly not in our church family, won't know this or didn't watch the video online. Uh, the average size of the American home has tripled in size over the last 50 years. Uh, we've never been more wealthy as a culture. We've never had more stuff. Three out of every 10 Americans don't have enough room for their stuff, having to rent offsite storage, which is the fastest growing um, section of commercial real estate industry over the past four decades. There are more storage facilities in the United States, over 50,000, than there are Starbucks. Is that easy to uh, believe or hard, hard to believe? That's hard to believe. All the while, all the while, um, 
we're preaching to the choir here because we have more stuff than we have room for. In fact, we just bought a new house a couple of weeks ago, actually, and have moved into it. And we have storage buildings left and right. We have a workshop, wood shop. We have lean-tos everywhere, and all of them are full. They are, and unorganized, very unorganized. And unorganized. We're in the process of that. But also, we're moving another storage building uh, that's ours over to the house, and we will fill it up really quick too. The average 10 year old we found has at least 238 toys in their house. The average woman owns an average of 50 outfits, 50 outfits. Uh, in 1930, that figure was only nine. Women also throw away or give away 65 pounds of clothing every single year. Men will spend 646 billion dollars on outdoor recreation. How, how much of that is your money? A good portion of a, that. A good portion of my money goes to outdoor recreation. Yeah, I, I think in, in Abu Garcia Reels, you yeah. have probably a couple of thousand dollars at least over the years um, in that. And eight out of 10 American homes have more televisions than people. There's one thing that I, I didn't share with you yet. I would like to. I think this is pretty astounding. Women will spend an average of eight years in their life shopping. I think your mom exceeds that. I think she does too. I think she spends about half of her life. As a matter of fact, she's, she's just, shopping right now. Yeah, she just texted me. She's actually yeah. shopping while we do this podcast. Yet with all of this, all the stuff that we have, one of the most frequently asked questions on Google search remains this year, what is the meaning of life? People are searching for significance right now, aren't they, Cowboy? They are. They're searching for um, the, a purpose, the significance, the meaning. Um, and, the, and there's a lot of things that, that cannot be found outside of the Bible. Yeah, I, and, I believe majority of the, the answers to those questions cannot be find, found outside of the Bible. Absolutely. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Ecclesiastes, of course, is written by King Solomon. Um, Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived, according to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know the story. We talked a little bit about it, too, on Sunday, that uh, when Solomon was appointed king, his first official act was worship. He built an altar, and he worshiped the Lord. The Lord was pleased with Solomon, and the Lord granted him uh, wisdom. Solomon was asked what he wanted more than anything else, and uh, instead of riches or wealth or power or anything else, Solomon asked for wisdom. God gave him just that. He gave him great, great wisdom, and with that wisdom, he writes for us several books of the Bible. Uh, the Song of Solomon, uh, Proverbs comes from Solomon, and of course, Ecclesiastes as well that we're walking into. Now, kind of to help us best understand the book of Ecclesiastes, um, this is a book that is written, most believe, and I believe, at the end of Solomon's life, not as a diary as he's going through it, but at the end as he's looking back. And Solomon, at the end of his life, looking back through this book, says what we just read in our text, uh, futility, vanity. What, what did your translation, what word did it use? Uh, meaningless. Meaningless. Just he looks at life and, and everything, uh, the ups and downs and everything that's gone on in his life. And he just basically says in the first three verses and it just jumps off the page, too. It's, uh, we don't get eased into this book at all. It's just he just says every, everything's vanity. Everything is is absolutely meaningless. Now, that's not true. Not everything is meaningless, but Solomon is making a point to us here. He's uh, writing to an audience. I believe uh, he has young people in mind as a target audience, and he's warning them not to make the mistakes um, that he 
mate. What we're going to be answering today is how can we live meaningful lives? How can we live meaningful lives? What's interesting to me about this particular passage of scripture is that Solomon had all of the things that we think will give us meaning, right? So what are some of the things that people, um, long for, search for, think would bring them meaning? What are, what are some of the, yeah, just think about somebody in your life, maybe a friend or foe or whatever the case might be, who's looking for meaning. What are they, what do they think will bring meaning to their lives? I'm going to, um, I'm going to say, uh, wealth. Yeah. Being one of the biggest ones. Um, put going ahead and putting it out there. I'm going to say sexual desire. Yeah. Being, being the second biggest one. And then, um, power, or uh, influence, influence. Maybe. yeah, yeah, and and those are the things that we actually talked about Sunday. Um, you were either listening or you're very smart. One of the two. Which of the two would it be? Maybe a combination of both. There if you go. Guess, if you had to guess, that's it. Um, Solomon certainly tried to find meaning and pleasure. He said in Ecclesiastes chapter two, verse number ten, that whatsoever his eyes desired, he did not keep from them. In other words, if Solomon saw it, Solomon took it. If Solomon wanted it, Solomon had it. Yet in all of this, he did not find meaning. He only found meaninglessness. He found vanity. He found futility. Um, you talked about wealth, and 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 Solomon certainly had wealth. Uh, yeah. He, he, he definitely, uh, it, it talks about in the, in, in Ecclesiastes, it explains that, um, you know, if, if there was a hill with cattle on it and he wanted it, he had it. Yeah. Any, anything yeah. that his eyes saw that he desired and whether that be, um, power, whether that be, uh, gold, um, any, anything, if he wanted it, Solomon had it. Yeah. You remember I talked a little bit about his drinking cups. Yeah, on yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought that was fascinating. In First Kings, it's not in Ecclesiastes, but in First Kings chapter number 10, verse 21, uh, the Bible records that all of King Solomon's drinking cups were solid gold, as well as the utensils in his palace. Now, in your house and mine, weed off styrofoam and we paper did. plates. All right. Uh, not, not that we're poor. We're certainly not poor. And, and God's been very faithful, and very good to us. But we don't have solid gold drinking cups. Now, if you were to take, just give you some perspective, if we were to take uh, that today, pure gold selling for about $1,750 an ounce. Let's be conservative and let's say that Solomon's drinking cups were about 12 ounces each. That would amount to $21,000 per cup or a little over a hundred grand for a set of six. Um, now, I would say that's wealth, right? Uh, that, that, that's, that's wealth. That's pretty pricey for a cup. I know that I know that we get ours in packs of 25 for 10 bucks. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. And, uh, and what's crazy about it is um, God certainly promised wealth to Solomon and he blessed him with wealth, but it wasn't enough for Solomon. So wealth is like it's like salt water. The more you drink, the thirstier you get. Um, so, so he used some difficult means to cure all the wealth that he had. He burdened his people with uh, heavy taxation. He put harsh labor demands upon his people as well. But so, so in essence, what we're saying is, and you can read about this in Ecclesiastes 2, 4 through 8, uh, he, he built great buildings. He planted all of these vineyards. He had orchards and, and, or, and gardens. He, he, he had horses on 12,000, over 12,000 horses. The queen of Sheba uh, donated a ton of gold to him per year. He actually amassed about 25 tons of gold per year. So he had 
everything. He had more. He could acquire more wealth in one hour than you or I will in an entire lifetime. But what did he say about it at the end of the day? It's meaningless. Meaningless. He found no significance in those things. He found no meaning, no value in those things. And, and you mentioned influence. He certainly tried to find it in power. Um, the law of God was clear that the king would not... Uh, have many wives for himself, or it would turn his heart away. It says that in Deuteronomy chapter number 17, verse 17. Yet in 1 Kings eleven three, the Bible says that Solomon had 700 wives. Now, I have one wife. That's your mother. And I love your mother. I couldn't take 700 of her. I don't think I could either. That's not the way that it works, right? He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. Solomon was a player. He was a player for sure. But the purpose of those marriages were not just for his pleasure, but also for political alliances. He ended up marrying the, the, the king of Egypt's daughter, the pharaoh's uh, daughter, uh, took her in marriage, brought her in the city of David. And eventually uh, the false gods, little g gods of his wives, he turned to them. So he had all the power in the world. People came from miles around, political leaders from everywhere, paid great sums of money to have an hour with Solomon to get his wisdom. So he had all kinds of power. But again, having all that power, more than you or I will ever have on this side of glory, what did it bring him? Nothing. It brought him absolutely nothing. In other words, Solomon climbed the ladder to success only to find it was leaning up against the wrong wall. He found no meaning. He found no significance in wealth, in power, in pleasure, in any of these things. And that's why he asked the question, what profit has it a man? Read verse three again to me in chapter one. Uh, what do people gain from all their labors at which they toll under the sun? Yeah, under the sun is a key word. We'll see that phrase 28 more times in the book of Ecclesiastes. It means life in this world. So what Solomon is really asking there when he says, what profit has a man of all of his labor, all of his work, which he taketh under the sun is this. He had this full basket, but he had an empty life. And he's asking a question, what's the use? What's the use? Where can a man actually find significance here on this earth? What's the point? I've worked and I've plotted, I've schemed and I've amassed. I've got everything this world has to offer, but I'm absolutely empty. Now, I made this statement Sunday and I'm going to make it here on the podcast, but I think it is extraordinarily important. When life under the sun is disconnected with life above the sun, it brings nothing but vanity nothing but futility is nothing but meaningless. Solomon poured all of his eggs into that basket, what goes on under the sun here on this earth, but he gave no thought to what's going on above the sun in heaven. So when you take God out of the equation, that's the problem. That's the problem. It's, it's worth nothing. Yeah, it's worth what, absolutely nothing. That's what he means when he's saying it, life is life is meaningless. It, 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 it didn't... Uh, I don't think it means literally everything. Yeah. I, I think that was the point that he was getting at is that without God, life means nothing. Yeah. And so, which is totally true. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally true. So if you're going to find meaning in life and, and Solomon, who had everything, said it can't be found in power and it can't be found in wealth, can't be found in uh, pleasure and having my needs met. If you're going to find meaning and value and purpose here on this earth, you're not going to find it by investing everything that you've got to life under the sun on this on this earth. But you have to be connected with life above it. You have to be connected with 
God. This is, I think it's that simple. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, Jesus says something interesting. He says this, he says, lay up not for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break in nor steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's impossible to live a life of significance apart from Jesus. Ultimately, that's that's what he's talking about. Um, I, I know people, and I'm sure that you've uh, been around people or around people now who um, they they are apart from Jesus. They they don't have a relationship with Jesus, and they're striving and working and endeavoring to have some kind of life of significance or meaning. My fear is they're going to get to the end of their lives and look back on it as Solomon did and, and just see vanity, just see uh, just no meaning to it whatsoever. Uh, Mark eight thirty six. what profit a man if he gains the whole world? You know the rest of that? Uh, but he doesn't have the Lord. Yeah, he loses his soul. So ultimately, what we're looking at here in answering the question, how do I find meaning in life? The answer to that question is Jesus. Everything else is secondary. The only way that I can find meaning in my life is through Jesus. That's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God. Again, we said Sunday, and I think you would agree with this, it's not wrong to have things, to have nice things. It wasn't wrong for Solomon to have wealth. It's not wrong for us to purchase a home that we just live in right now. It's not, that's not wrong, not evil, uh, not sinful at all. It's, it's not wrong to have things. It's wrong when things have us. And that's ultimately what happened with Solomon. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added unto you, which that's where we're going to find ultimate meaning. You got anything to add to our text that we're in or any questions about our text tonight? Um, I like I like what you said Sunday about there's nothing wrong with nice things. It's when it's when nice things have us. But um, our youth pastor here Pastor Chase Cleveland, Chase. Um, he said uh, uh, multiple, multiple times during our Wednesday night service, he would say there's uh, nothing wrong with these things that we may, might desire. It's how we get to the thing. Yeah, and he got to them, Solomon got to them in an ill-gotten way. Yeah, right. and, and, and when, what Chase was talking about, we, we were talking about uh, a premarital sex. Yeah. We, we were saying that sex is a, is a God-given gift. It's a gift. It's a God-given gift. But it's how we get there is is the problem. Yeah, for and, sure. And, and that was and I, and I, that really stuck out to me when you said that Sunday. That's what uh, what instantly popped up into my mind. But I know that right here I have three pages in front of me, and um, about three quarters of all these pages are questions. Mm. And this is just it goes from Ecclesiastes one to Ecclesiastes fifteen, and it's just questions yeah so i and, and and there's nothing wrong it's nothing wrong with having questions no they're, they're a good thing they're, yeah that's right well i'll tell you what with these questions and you do have a lot of them let's pack unpack that in the next episode that we have we'll work through these questions together and i'll tell you what if you've got questions you're a listener on ecclesiastes one through three some listener questions we'd love to take on those questions too cowboy and i would so let's do that let's unpack these questions in our next episode uh, we'll look at some questions from Ecclesiastes 1 through verse 3 about the meaning of life, some things that flow from that, and Ecclesiastes 1 in general. And uh, we'll unpack those things together, find some biblical answers for it. Does that sound good for you?
for you. That sounds perfectly fine with me. All right. That'll keep us just right. We look forward to being with you next time. We're going to get this episode downloaded as soon as we can. We look forward to you listening to it. Give us some feedback. Hey, if you want to sponsor us here on this podcast, let us know. It'll go towards the Cowboy and Preacher Hunting Fund. We'll put it right in there to make sure it's being uh, taken care of our hunting and our fishing escapades. No bull riding, though. We're we're done bull riding, right? But that'll just go to the uh, statistics that we read earlier about um, the... Having too much stuff. Having too much stuff and uh, how much money men spend on outdoor activities. True that. True that. Yeah. So so there's that. I hope you enjoyed episode one. Have some grace for us. We're learning how to do this. We'll get better as we go. We just need a little bit of practice. All right. So I'm going to sign off now. Cowboy out and the preacher's out. And we'll talk to you real soon. God bless.